When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Taking responsibility for other people's feelings does go too far. I don't know if you want to add. Yeah, I have a controversial thought. Go ahead. So maybe we'll have to edit this <laughs> Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. You yeah. tell me after. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, we are here. For the What's second up? time in two days. <laughs> Guys, if this conversation sounds a little bit stilted, it's because we did it yesterday. <laughs> and we lost that cast, unfortunately. Nobody's fault. It was an update issue. It's not your fault, it sounds like. Unless you want to tell me otherwise, Justin. I feel like if we had to point fingers at someone, it would be my fault. <laughs> um, so let's, the, the things that have happened, I actually understand them a little better. I feel more equipped to have a conversation. Okay, good. So Joe Rogan yep. goes to Spotify. Yep. It's come out, it's $100 million mm -hmm. at least. But do we know over how long? We don't know over how long. I I would guess three-ish years. Howard Stern, really? Yeah. Howard Stern was 100 million over 10. That was a long time ago. I think if you look at the value to Spotify, at least within the 48-hour span, it was $5 billion. Now, granted, that might go down as the market sentiment moves, but like yeah. the value of their stocks went up by $5 billion dollars yeah, it's, awesome. it's crazy one guy one guy's podcast just took their entire platform and mooned it yeah so i wanted to this is what i think the big question is do you think of course was it one billion three billion four billion five billion i mean instagram was purchased for a billion dollars and added so much more value to, to facebook at the end of it there's also this call her daddy thing which is happening and so i guess my question that i was really thinking about is where is the value in the content and marketing ecosystem right now. Joe Rogan seems to indicate that it is with the individual creator. Does that? It depends. I mean, it depends but on call the podcast. But Call Her Daddy pushes the other way, it yeah, seems yeah, like. it depends on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like Joe Rogan is the Joe Rogan experience. And also he owns the intellectual property completely himself and he's completely self-marketed. Call Her Daddy is the name of the podcast. You don't know the name of the girls. You know yeah. what I mean? So for those of you who don't know, Call Her Daddy, you could tell the story. You know it better than I. Yeah, sure. So Call Her Daddy, is a podcast where these two women talk about sex. It's like locker room talk, but it's girls. Yeah. And they're attractive women. And Barstool Sports, after one month of them doing their podcast, Barstool Sports bought the podcast and then marketed it to their giant audience of young men who loved it, obviously. And so it blew up. And 
recently the women on the podcast basically went to Barstool Sports were like, we're getting totally screwed by the contract we signed. We're way bigger and more successful than we thought we'd be. We're underpaid. We want to renegotiate. And according to the guy that runs Barstool Sports, he was like, okay, sure, let's do it. And gave them what sounds like a really fair deal if he's telling the truth, which is you're going to get $500,000 each, potential for depending on downloads, millions of dollars each. And in two or three years, you will own 100% of the intellectual property for Call Her Daddy. And they were, they said, no, they said, mm-hmm. nope, we think that undervalues us. We're going to go shop this around to other podcasts. And he said, okay, cool. Just so you know, that's absolutely not how contracts work. I have you under contract. I own call her daddy and I will mm-hmm. sue you if you try to do call her daddy on other platforms. And so the question is, what is the value of call her daddy? Is it the name of the podcast? Is it these two hosts? Is it the fact that Barstool Sports promotes it? And so they're having this whole big fight and how it shook out, unfortunately, is It sounds like one girl wanted to take the deal and one girl didn't. And so the owner of Barstool Sports was like, okay, well, I was going to give I was going to give all of this away. I was going to give half to each of them. So he just went to the one that wanted to take it, said, hey, I'll give you 75 percent. I'll keep 25 percent. I'll find someone who's a sexy, a sexy woman that wants to talk about sex. I'll offer her like a hundred grand a year, which she'll be thrilled about. Yeah. And I'm way better off. You're way better off. And the other girl just. She doesn't want to be a part of it, so she doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And so that woman went, okay, sure. Yeah, I want to keep doing this podcast. Like, that seems fair. And then the woman that got cut out is now obviously furious. Yeah. So that's where that lies. And I think the deal there is basically the value, regardless of who's bringing the value, like we always talk about this, business is largely about who writes the better contract. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't have the rights to call her daddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're actresses in... A, podcast show owned by barstool sports whereas joe rogan owns everything that has to do with the joe rogan experience he owns all the footage he's it's his thing yeah you know what i mean yep and so the question and i maybe the contract wouldn't allow them could they walk away from that particular podcast feed the two of them i don't know because i'm not a listener start a new podcast called we talk about daddy stuff (laughs) and and be just because if if somebody owned the joe rogan experience name right mm-hmm. and they owned his rss feed that's amazing but if joe walked he would destroy the value no of i think that. they can i think they can mm-hmm. uh maybe not together or maybe there's some non-compete stuff but certainly they could each just go off and do their own podcast so have you listened to it ever i'm just curious Mm-mm. so this is one of the things that we did so you read and not read you did some of our scripts in the last handful of weeks right mm-hmm. you've done three or four breakdowns at this point uh they've done similarly to what i've done mm-hmm. Does that mean that that we run a different style business than them? Like if like if I walked from Charisma on Command and didn't get to make a goodbye video and you just kept going and never addressed it and I start a YouTube channel with zero subs, no marketing, does anybody care? I don't oh, think so. Oh, you would so. struggle. You would struggle because yeah. I would own the email list too. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so if you had the email list or something, well, you'd have no platform. Yeah. I'd have the Instagram, the email list and the channel. And no one would know where you went. Versus Joe Rogan wouldn't need that. Yeah. Joe Rogan could hop on his buddies or, you know, he'd go on his thing and he'd say, hey, here's where I am now. And everyone on the internet would tell it and they would go to him. So yes. this is actually, we've done this weirdly kind of on purpose, especially in the last few years, because one of the things that we experienced was that we didn't want this brand to be tied yeah, yeah. to us. Yeah, I don't want to be Tony Robbins yeah. who is... He's in his 60s and when he doesn't go on stage at his own event everybody there's the room is 
noticeably disappointed. disappointed. Like I didn't show up for the days. There's a second guy. So people there. don't know Tony Robbins. He's burning out. His vocal cords are literally falling apart. So when he throws an event, he speaks every other day. Yeah. And a, his second in command, who he's trained and who he loves, speaks every other day. And the room does not care at all when that other guy's on stage. It yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And it's like we're here for Tony. And so yeah, what's nice about Charisma on Command is, as much as people like us, and I appreciate that they like us, they're there for Charisma on Command, mm-hmm. which is the content is created by at this point charlie or ben but if a third person came and did good work it wouldn't destroy the business whereas does, tony's guy might be his tony's guy yeah. might be good but no one cares they're here they're there for tony on does the value where the value lie literally come down to what you decide to name the business it might be because I'll tell, you, it? I'll tell you what if those girls left i mean here's the truth dave portnoy the guy that runs barstool sports would just find two beautiful women who had raunchy sense of humor he would slot them in to, to call, call her daddy, her daddy they would release the same time and day and mm-hmm. the audience would largely stay and some people would would leave and yeah. some people would wonder hey what happened to those girls and maybe listen to both podcasts but people would stay they'd be getting similar content like i do think that ip it's those girls are clearly very talented but i mean that the ip is call her daddy that's what people say so, they listen to and this is what's crazy is a lot of people don't think about this when they're starting a business. Your number one marketing decision that you will ever make is what you call your business. Mm-hmm. That's the craziest thing to think about. And there's, it doesn't mean that you should name it after yourself. In fact, there's good reasons why you shouldn't. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't. Yeah, but it's just, if they'd called it, uh, I don't know the name, Sophia and something. Sarah talk about sex. Yeah. They would just, they, they couldn't. They, they're irreplaceable. They're irreplaceable. Yeah. Same content, different label at the front of it, which is crazy to think about and so then there's these in-between ones impulsive which is like okay like kind of needs logan paul well i think it does need logan paul and his co-hosts can swap out right logan paul's Mm -hmm. podcast has shown logan talks to mike logan talks to mac logan talks Mm -hmm. to spencer and it's all good but if logan left and it was mike and spencer I don't think it would last very long. I don't know, man. I actually don't know that that's true. If they got a Jake Paul in there, you know, <laughs> or like anyone named Paul to go sit in Logan's seat, I'm not sure. But it is the the thing that I'm seeing in just the handful of examples that we've given is that it comes down to the name. Yeah. Now, I think there's other things. Audio versus video. So, and, and I guess force of personality is the other thing. So the, one of the reasons that I don't think I'm as essential to Charisma on Command is because when I make a breakdown, it's really not about me. It's mm-hmm. about other people, and I don't tell my own stories in the breakdown context, which is where most people are familiar with us. Then there's these times where I am on camera, and mm-hmm. I am telling my own stories. I think if that were the majority of the channel or more of the channel, it'd obviously be harder to replace oh, yeah, for sure. me. But yeah, when you don't see see someone's face, when you don't get to know their story the power lies in the contract holder of the intellectual property now well especially because for call her daddy they're going to keep one of the women yeah and they're going to replace one of the women which which i think which i think is going to leave the podcast basically completely unharmed because you have to be a diehard fan of the of the woman that got cut out Mm -hmm. in order to be like i'm going to stop listening to this thing that i like that still has half of the people i like out of principle for this other person so now i mean yeah so now here's the question how does this reflect on what is fair in these kinds of situations? Now, obviously, nobody cares what's fair. And yeah, I was, I was literally nobody just cares. Say, business, <laughs> we talked about this before. Like business, people just throw their morals out the window mm-hmm. sometimes and really just go for maximize mine, mine, mine. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just thinking what 
what is fair if I were a judge adjudicating this and and was not looking at contracts was for, looking for at, Joe or for call her daddy generally speaking kind of is how like so uh if you ran a coup and kicked me out of charisma on command what is fair it's like well he could keep it going without charlie is like does that mean that charlie is officially useless and has already been paid for his contribution to charisma on command like well that's why you got to get equity <laughs> seriously this is why you got to get equity because like the, at least the way the current uh, contracts work in the u.s you're actually not compensated for your effort tomorrow you're compensated for taking the risk of quitting your job, funding half the business, mm -hmm. and putting six years in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you just left, you could literally just be like, hey, Ben, I don't want to do this anymore. So you can let this fail or keep it going. It's up to you, I guess, if you mm -hmm. want to make money from this. And every month, money would just still come your way, even yeah, if yeah. you were doing nothing. And that's that's how businesses work, really, is it's who's ta who takes the initial risk to invest in it or to put the work into it. Mm -hmm. And the other, the other thing is just, I think we might be seeing a shift with this Joe Rogan moves for a hundred million, makes Spotify, you know, on paper, $5 billion. I feel like there was the same thing happened with platforms back when Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars. And people were like, that's absurd, a mm -hmm. billion dollars. And then they got WhatsApp. For, they're like, they're just throwing funny money around. This is insane. These valuations are 1999 levels of crazy. Mm -hmm. And then people like have subsequently realized that, that was a steal. Yeah, that's what I was that was say. a dollars for Instagram steal, insanely, insanely yeah. undervalued. I mean, Facebook without Instagram is in a completely different place right now. Yeah, I actually don't know many young people that use Facebook. No Definitely one. not as their primary. You log into other websites using your Facebook yeah, yeah. account. Like, yeah. no, I, don't, I know not... people that check Instagram seven times a day, and all they use is Facebook Messenger. I they mean, don't even seven is an under is an yeah. underestimate, quite frankly. Uh, but. So yeah, the people had didn't really realize the value of these platforms. And I think Netflix was early on the train of realizing the value of content mm -hmm. and just spending insane amounts of money. To me, at the time, I was looking at like $200 million for one movie on Netflix to sell maybe a couple $8 subscriptions. I was like, this is crazy. But it seems like if you can produce con and continue to produce content that people want, that is like the superpower now. Yeah. And it even supersedes platforms because now these platforms are fighting over their content creators it would be like if instagram if one of the top instagram people i don't know kendall jenner did an exclusive with tiktok or something and it was like yeah, no longer yeah. will i have my photos on instagram like they're only on tiktok and i wonder if that's where we're headed where maybe these platforms Probably a good move i mean what what spotify showed is at least in audio if you poach the number one person you become a contender on a different level now it's a little bit different because audio was so fragmented and the the apple app kind of sucks you know like there's no good discovery but video is fragmented too and so are photos so like why not poach a handful of these top creators did you imagine if uh facebook bought pewdiepie well this is what i'm thinking like why not why why wouldn't facebook look at this and go I'll cut PewDiePie a hundred million dollar contract well, over several years, especially when you're not the number one. You know what I mean? Like serious yeah, yeah. radio, Spotify. These are not the number one thing at the time. Facebook wants to eat YouTube's lunch. Why not go to the number one content creator that gets the most views and go, hey, come to us now. You immediately become. I mean, this is like you legitimize yourself. A, a massive player, mm -hmm. and 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 to be fair. 
maybe they maybe some people think they are to me facebook is not a right now a video player on the facebook thing like they've got inflated views you swipe over it oh it's 50 million views it's like no so a handful of people scrolled yeah, over yeah. this i don't Dude, know can you imagine if just in one day they just got david dobrik pewdiepie and like mr beast yeah people would facebook would be legit again yeah and and it would cost them a lot of money but I, they might make billions of dollars off the valuation of that. And they're yeah. like, they're only going to make content for Instagram, Facebook, and this new app that we have instantly. Instantly. Yeah. You're talking tens of millions of people would go there. I mean, Disney Plus proved this when they're like, hey, we have all this content. Uh, yeah, that was so smart. Why don't we ju- Why don't we just take it to our platform? And so it's it, at first, these platforms several years ago, Instagram had the power. And now it looks like it's actually even within these platforms. There's a handful of key movers. Yeah. That are like, no, you're gonna get Disney Plus instead of Netflix. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna get this instead of that. It's crazy. And then I thought no one's ever gonna come for us. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking Spotify gave Joe Rogan a hundred mil, right? So what How do you think we could can... get? Ten mil? We can't move people from our main channel to our <laughs> podcast channel on YouTube, dude. We so move I'm... some, dude. We move some. The best people. We got the, the best, best people. people. <laughs> no, we appreciate it. How, we actually, how... I do want to say we hit 20,000 subs. So thank you, guys. That is... Uh, Woo! It's, 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 dude, it's awesome. You know what's funny? Is it, it's fun to care about milestones again because I stopped caring about milestones for Charisma on Command. And they are vanity metrics. But yeah, yeah. I get I get so much more excited by growth on the podcast channel <laughs> than I do by by whatever happens on yeah. the Charisma I'm new on to creating channel. content for the Charisma on Command channel. So I get pretty hyped. This yeah. Ellen video is doing well. And I get to love myself now. It's nice. nice. That feels good. Yeah. That, that temporary validation those from six other people. days of like, <laughs> I, made a, I made a video that people are watching. Yeah. I'm then, then 90 Day Fiance video comes out, and I have to reassess if I love myself. Or not, you know? <laughs> Monday's a big day for me. Did we? Did we want to say anything about the Ellen video? I forget. Well, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, I think I did a decent job of saying that this isn't a hate piece. Mm-hmm. People still in the comments are saying, "Oh yeah, Ellen sucks. I've never liked mm-hmm. her." Blah blah blah. But it was, I think, well well couched in just yeah. being a analysis to learn from and not a hit piece yeah and so i've seen this uh if i looked i was looking at our channels for trends and watching my own behavior so h3 and keemstar for those who are on youtube oh, we may or may not about be familiar are having this big beef and within four minutes it had forty-six thousand views the most recent h3 video that went up wow is, i mean and by the I way i didn't see the most recent one do you want to give people just a quick quick yeah what's going on with- and just so just so the people know uh the way that youtube tracks is it's behind it's always behind in what it's representing to the viewer yeah, in terms yeah. of what's actually happened so what i see on my dashboard and what you see in the first minutes you're behind so sometimes it's, it's people, more than forty-six. sometimes 000. people think that we're we're like hiring indian bots because they'll be like 9,000 views, 10,000 likes. Impossible. <laughs> no, no, YouTube just busted. Just yeah, give yeah. it an hour. It'll yeah. catch up. Anything new from yesterday that we didn't talk about? I mean, I saw the TLC is taking, you mentioned 90 Day Fiance, that they're taking down a lot of the videos. Yeah. This is another thing that is just like, I feel like you're missing the boat. So I've seen AMC and The Walking Dead start uploading Walking Dead clips from their videos, mm. right? And I'm watching all of them. I never watched the show. I didn't want to sit down and watch the show. I did a video. I found it a mildly interesting storyline, but I was kind of intrigued. And I see these clips and I'm watching them like all the time. TLC had somebody else uh i don't know the guy's name but he was naming them very provocatively this is their footage they own it but what i don't understand is why in youtube they didn't just claim the ad revenue for this except the free exposure to people like me who are never ever going to watch tlc in a million years take my 0.01 cents of ad rev and move on 
like they no, took, it makes it makes they, no sense. They took these videos down, and what I'm seeing in the ecosystem is like this is like the record companies not adapting to the Napster iTunes world of singles. Mm-hmm. People do not want to watch six seasons or even one 30, 22 minute episode of your show. They want to watch though four minutes, and maybe they want to do that for an hour over yeah, yeah, and yeah. over and over and over again, and just take the money yeah. <laughs> like don't take these videos down just claim the ad revenue now maybe they claimed it and he removed the videos i doubt it though there's a chance here and i don't need not not even for them to make less of that money for them to make considerably more money yeah for sure by recognizing that people want the singles they don't want to buy the whole album and i and count- they don't have to do any work by the way. this guy's doing the work he's chopping it up just claim he's, the ad revenue he's chopping it into interesting moments like he won't just take it an episode and republish it he'll yep. take clips from multiple episodes and make a mashup about one character. Yeah. It's like this guy is basically a free content creator for you that you can take you can yep. take all the money he's generating. And and so I old see, school though. I just don't know if they get it. No, they don't. This has got to be policy. But what I see that's crazy is like some of these channels kind of see this and they clearly have somebody in their marketing department doing it who doesn't get it. And so they're like, season three, episode two, uh yeah, Rick yeah, yeah. talks to Danielle. And it's on their channel. I'm like, no, you guys have crowdsourced people who are working for free to upload your stuff and basically split testing titles and thumbnails for you. Yeah. You don't even have to hire them. Just wait till one surges to the top. And then claim, claim the ad, the ad revenue. Yeah. Or even do a, what, what seems fair at that level, quite frankly, because I do think that this guy is creating value. I don't think TLC has anyone on their team who's capable of writing the titles yeah. that this person is writing. So we, I think it would be fair if he got some of the yeah, revenue yeah. from this. No, hire like, the guy. Or even just, you know, the internet cloud of feeling like he had a 2 million sub. The NBA did this too. There's this guy, Free Dawkins, that did incredible NBA highlights. And instead of taking the ad revenue, the NBA just shut him down. It's like, why? Why don't you hire the guy? Why don't they hired House of Highlights, didn't they? Didn't they start working with House of Highlights? I don't know, but Free Dawkins was great and he's just gone now. It's, It's silly because... I, dude, I don't have, I don't even know how to get ESPN on my TV. I love basketball. I <laughs> yeah, would watch yeah. Free Dawkins. Like this is free publicity of your product, NBA, yeah. and you can take the money that he generates. And I want to be clear, you don't actually like. I know that there's advertisers on this, but this isn't like a gated paid product where if yeah, somebody's yeah. uploading something from behind a paywall or something, you're like, no, no, no. Like, trust me, I want to keep this behind my paywall because of the value I'm getting. This is an advertiser-supported model and another advertiser-supported model. You stand to break even. It's yeah. just, they're dinosaurs, man. Uh, don't get it. And I, I've noticed that. That's all. Anything you want to contribute or add? No, we've literally talked about everything yesterday, so. No, we haven't. We had a ton more yesterday. No, I'm saying we already talked about Oh, yeah. Yesterday. So now we're going to repeat ourselves. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing new from the last 24 hours. <laughs> well, actually, you did. You said this yesterday that YouTube, there's a lot of YouTube today compared to yesterday, is forcing news above the fold oh yeah i think this is wrong yeah uh they so youtube has a section if you go onto the desktop i don't know how it is on mobile because i I blocked my app so i don't don't go crazy mobile's nice they can't they can't shove fox news and cnn down my throat so they have a news section which compared to every other video up there obviously has you know four thousand views compared to the millions that are on my homepage because these are genuinely popular videos yeah uh, they often are, you know, in the reds of upvotes and downvotes, and they're from, I, I'm sure we could do the numbers, but I would say probably less than 10 channels, NBC, Fox, whatever. And if that isn't an ideological 
breaking the algorithm, telling me what to think. And by the way, we'll tell you what stations are credible. Like we're not going to include, for instance, the Young Turks or Ben Shapiro or people that the the audience has said we care about. Yeah, yeah. We're going to include authoritative sources who, by the way, never get anything wrong. It's like, it's insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's patently insane. And the other thing is, at least with the Young Turks or a Ben Shapiro, there's an individual who can be held accountable when mis- when there's mistakes are made or journalism. But due to the nature of journalism, is if if a reporter gets it wrong, it's really tough. Like who at the New York Times or Fox News is responsible for this? Fox News is easier because they tend to have personalities. But uh, it's just such a unfortunate ideological filter to shove down people's yeah, yeah. throats no it's funny when i when i go on to youtube now i go on to youtube i look at the eight videos it suggests and if i don't see one i like i refresh and i try mm-hmm. to get to repopulate because if i scroll down it just starts giving me the garbage it wants like i've never i've never said i want to watch the news i've never liked a news video i've never yeah. subscribed to a news channel but some for some reason that's on my homepage. yeah and this is what they said months ago we're going to raise up authoritative voices is that like, what they said? Yeah. They, 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 when this was the Steven Crowder thing. We're going to, you know, you guys aren't allowed to watch that anymore. We're going to make it very difficult to find him unless you search exactly what you're looking for uh, in his thing for a handful of his Change My Minds. I mentioned this at the time. Why do you think all the tech companies are liberal? Like oh, Facebook, so I, Twitter, yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Why, why isn't one of them run by some hyper-conservative? Deep, deep red Republican? So I think a couple of things. One, young people skew, are, they skew liberal. Right. Sure, but Zuckerberg's older than we are. Now he is, but when he started and surrounded himself and built a uh, echo chamber and moved to San Francisco, he was twenty. You know what I mean? So like, that's going to be. Yeah, isn't Google run by somebody who's like fifty or sixty now? So this is this is I don't know if this is true, but this is what Jordan Peterson says about it. He says that because they're more uh, liberals, left-leaning people tend to be more open-minded, less conscientious. So like less follow the plan and the rules and the checklist more break everything start over like move what was facebook's motto like move fast and break things Mm -hmm. that tends to be the type of person who is ready to change the system and move forward and those tend to be your entrepreneurs then you look at these older companies who have existed for a while when it's about running a ship then you need these conscientious rule followers figure out how to get in line with these systems that exist and those tend to be more conservative people that's his but also but also isn't it normally Normally, I believe the population, the young population skews liberal, the old population skews conservative. And mm-hmm. as people age up, they tend to become yeah. more conservative. Yeah. So my question is, YouTube now is run by a bunch of people in their 40s, 50s and 60s, right? Mm-hmm. So why are they pushing such a left leaning agenda? So how here's the question. How come Fox News, despite the fact that everyone there is, oh, well, I guess this is old, but take take anything. Uh, take CNN, who is run by uh, older people, you know, Wolf Blitzer. How come they skew liberal? And it's because once you sort of form this core, it's like, okay, well, who are you going to hire? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Mark, who do you? Well, I'm going to hire this person. They're going to, and and you build a, uh, you know, the echo chamber. You build your own echo chamber, and now you know if you want to go get if you're what's James Damore, and you, hey, you lean a little bit more conservative or you question the diversity training that they're having there, well, you're done, you're gone. And so like, oh, let's say that you sympathize with James Damore. You're gonna go try to get a job at Google? <laughs> like, probably not the best place for you at this point. Um, and so I think that, yeah, you just build up, it's kind of like a human personality, which is you build up defense mechanisms against change as you get older and more mature, which is why old people 
perhaps with the exception of their political beliefs, don't change their minds yeah, <laughs> all yeah. that often. Like they're just these, they become Titanic sized ships moving through the water. Very tough to change the course of them, you know? Yeah. At least that's, that's a guess. You want to talk about the world's greatest apology video? Which is? Miranda Sings. Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, go for it. So Miranda Sings put up an apology video and there were, I th- I'm not going to get this right. There were a handful of criticisms of her. One was that 14 years ago, <laughs> she made insensitive jokes about a fat woman on an airplane. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the original, but that's my understanding. Another one was that years ago, she, uh, well, many years ago, when she was three years old, the family dog bit her. That dog was put down. And she uh, joked about it years after that when she had a camera on her, but still years ago from today. And the other one was that uh, in a live stream, they were doing giveaways. Apparently, I've never watched her content, but my understanding is that she gives away funny, random things. Shoes, this, that, the other thing. On a live stream, they'd found this lingerie that she'd never worn. It was ugly lingerie. Her male co-star, I don't know his name, was wearing it over what I'm wearing, a t-shirt and basketball shorts. And one of the fans, who was kind of like an active fan, who was 13 or 14 at the time, said, oh my God, I want that lingerie. And she said, haha, and it was on a live stream. Oh my gosh, okay, fine, we'll send it to you. And for whatever reason, people decided now was the time to get her <laughs> to, for all these things. And what I thought... What was the catalyst? Why did people decide to get oh, her? Oh, man, there was a reason. I don't know. Did he come out? Did the fan come out and say something? The fan actually came out and said a bunch of this stuff. He made these videos, which I don't... He's now 17 or 18. And I don't know why. I watched some of the videos and he was like, I can't even look at these. I'm disgusted. And I was like, somebody get in your ear? Like, that's a piece of cloth. That's why are you so? What do he's you? Disgu- I'm sorry. He, he's disgusted by the underwear. He the requested? underwear. Yeah. I was like, why is did did somebody tell you that you were assaulted by this? And so anyway, my my read on the apology video was was she says, I am so sorry if you were hurt by my jokes. I am so sorry. And she says it up and down. And yeah, she takes a hundred percent. This is why I'm saying it's the the greatest apology video because she doesn't cry. She doesn't do the, yeah. the crocodile tears or whatever. She takes 100% responsibility for everyone's feelings. Mm-hmm. She doesn't tell anyone she that says, they're If you were hurt by my joke about the dog that bit me that my family had to put down, I'm so sorry. Which I go, is that helpful to the people out there in the world who, I mean, you were bit by a dog, you had to put your family dog down, and then years later you made a quip about it. Is it helpful for you to apologize to the type of person who is upset by that? Or does it actually, and I know it gets you off the hook because that's what people want, is it actually more helpful to go, these feelings that you have about that thing that I said are your responsibility? Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly in this case where I was bit by a dog, my family had to put it down, and guess what? I wasn't too pleased with it at the time. Yeah, like, yeah. You need to, if, if this is going to upset you, it does me no good to apologize and, and yeah, set up this expectation if that, that- upsets you, you will be upset a lot. Mm-hmm. If somebody talking about when they had to put their own dog down because it attacked them, and that is upsetting to you, or made a joke about it. You're, you're going to be upset a lot. And if it's okay if you're upset, but to say the way for me to get past this is to receive an apology from a person that I've never met, mm-hmm. you will remain in a state of upset and anger for a long time. And in my opinion, you will be projecting that onto Miranda Sings when really there's someone else in your life that is much closer to you that you have genuine issues with yeah, that yeah. you need to... And if you actually address those, maybe you could be happier. Yes, everywhere and so my thought when watching Miranda Sings is one this was the most like one of the most widely accepted apologies videos I'd ever seen yeah if your goal is just to get left alone just to have everybody get off your back it seems like 
perfectly executed. Yeah. But, and, and I don't know how she feels. My sense was that she was sincere in her taking total responsibility. But I actually thought it was inappropriate. I, my, my sense was uh, people can be upset at you without you having done anything wrong. Sure. And so while you might regret that people are upset or sorry or wish, like, especially when you are, have an audience that size, I think it's important to recognize that one, you're not responsible for all the positive feelings that you make, so don't take credit for it and don't get a big head. Uh, you're not, you know, this is people still projecting positive things onto you. They they see you make a couple jokes and they think you're amazing. Well, you're not. <laughs> you're a person who made a couple jokes that they laughed at. And two, that these negative things get projected onto onto you, which is also not in someone else's best interest for you to claim responsibility for. Uh, so yeah, it was that was my thought of this is very effective for her in terms of getting off. I think she believes it, but I don't know that it's good for everyone if it's for us to live in a world where people don't take responsibility for their feelings. Mm-hmm. And I, we have these discussions sometimes with our friends when they're in relationships and they'll tell a story of, you know, I said this and my girlfriend or boyfriend got upset. Like, what do I do? Because there's such this Jocko Willink extreme ownership. If it happens, it's your fault and sometimes when i hear what happened i'm like listen we all come from the same culture so i i feel like i can understand this joke their upset feeling isn't your fault yeah (laughs) you know i mean like they they need to learn how to get past this now that's just my opinion but i I do see this uh i think taking responsibility for other people's feelings does go too far i don't know if you want to add yeah i have a controversial thought go ahead so maybe we'll have to edit this yeah yeah yeah, tell me after uh So it's interesting. There's, there is this sense of you can't say that because it is upsetting to me, right? We've kind of accepted that that's the case in a lot of areas yeah. when it comes to jokes, right? Yeah. Especially like the left would say, um, and I, I consider myself a liberal, but there's a lot of this like, you can't joke about that. You can't express that thought because it's upsetting to me. And because of that, you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that fair? Yeah, it's like um, you punch me in the face is what they feel. Like if I'm hurt, it's because you've sure. You've assaulted let's say you me. made you yeah. made a joke that was insensitive to my race, my sexuality, my upbringing, whatever it is. Sure, I'm upset. I'm offended. You should apologize, and you should never express yourself in that way again. Yeah. But if a right-leaning person were to go to someone who is cross-dressing and say the way that you are dressed is upsetting to me Mm. can you please not express yourself in this way yeah 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 they would get destroyed by those same people so Mm -hmm. it seems like it seems inconsistent like at what point is it more important to be able to express yourself and at what point is it more important to protect someone's feelings yeah you know what i'm saying because and 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 the reason i choose the transgender one and not the uh, not like being homosexual or whatever is because homosexual is more than just expressing yourself, but you can identify as whatever well, no, gender call, you I think want. Call, I think homosexual is a is a at least a comparison here, and you can you can dig in. But at the principled level, what you're saying is when I'm telling you, you said something, it upsets me. Therefore, it's your responsibility uh, to change it. Why is like is is saying different than dressing is or is, well, is saying I different like, than kissing someone? And is, I like the dressing because it's a it's an expression of how mm-hmm. you feel inside, right? Mm-hmm. You can, you'll feel inside the way you feel no matter how you dress. But you're like, I want to dress like this because this is how I, I want to express how I feel. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I have a thought I think is funny and I want to express it. And so it's interesting, like at what point, 
do you prioritize expressing over other people's feelings yeah. and just say, you have to deal with this because I'm expressing who I am. And at what point do you value other people's feelings and you go, oh, I'm not allowed to express myself. Well, and it seems like people mm -hmm. just want to express themselves the way they want and stop other people from expressing themselves in ways they don't like. I totally agree with you. <laughs> and that's not, not a principle. Get... That's not a principle is what I'm saying. Like if whether you're Republican or you're Democrat, you're left mm -hmm. or right, you, you should pick one. And I really honestly don't even care which one. I mean, I have a preference personally. Yeah. It's like, pick one. Do you want to express yourself however you want, prioritize that over other people's feelings and allow other people to express themselves mm -hmm. over your feelings? Or do you want them to censor themselves and how they express themselves and then accept that you also now have a burden to censor the way you express yourself? Sure. And then there's, of course, various levels of enforcement. There's... Uh there's a level of enforcement which is like, look, you can do whatever you want, but I won't be your friend, which I, which is fine. Or like, I think you allow the, allow the natural consequences of like, mm -hmm. yeah, you tell jokes that I don't like that I find offensive, then I'm not going to hang out with you. Well, so then then so you would be a proponent of cancel culture. No, because, why not? Because what you just said is, if you tell jokes that I don't like, then I'm not going to associate, and I have the freedom to express how I feel on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, someone tells someone if someone tells jokes that you don't like. Stop watching their YouTube channel. What if I want to express myself by uh, hitting up their sponsor on Twitter and telling them that I don't like that joke? Isn't that freedom of expression? I guess, but the reason, weirdly enough, the reason you're upset goes counter to your own values. Because what you're saying is, I value the ability to express myself over other people's feelings, unless they're my own feelings. Well, and I then think, I want you canceled. Yes, and I think what you... I, the It seems to me that the distinction that you're drawing is what like there's the legal thing of what you can and can't say in a workplace and the, or else like the law will come down on you mm -hmm. and then on the other side of it is just there's going to be these socially enforced preferences and then even past that is like look this is how you live a good life we're not going to socially enforce it and i think that might be what you're saying because from a social enforcement standpoint cancel culture makes sense i don't like what you said i'm going to go on and say that I didn't like what you said and me and my friends are going to go scream at the sponsor that we're not and here's the thing my purchasing is an expression of myself and I'm not going to purchase G Fuel or whatever anymore because I don't like what that person said uh, well I guess I guess what I'm saying is when you when you are <clears throat> aggressively when you are aggressively attacking someone because you don't like how they're expressing themselves mm -hmm. you should just recognize that what you're doing is inviting aggressive attacks on yourself yes and so it seems that the, if there's these three things one is this legal rule of okay what kind of discrimination is allowed in the workplace or else you will get fined go to jail then there's this middle rule of okay you're going to face twitter mobs but you can say whatever you want you can you can mm -hmm. still do that and then over here is like this is a good way to live your life it seems like what you're more advocating is a good way to live your life yeah, yeah. And is to good... just let people say shit that pisses you off take a deep breath and move on sure yeah but and by the way, and maybe and maybe, remove yourself from being in that person's presence, mm -hmm. but don't go shouting at them. You know what I mean? Because if you're, if you don't want to get shouted at for your jokes, don't shout at somebody because they're wearing clothes you don't like. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to get shouted at for the clothes you're wearing, don't shout at someone else for the jokes they're telling. Mm -hmm. Because when you shout at someone for the jokes they tell or the way that they dress, what you invite is a reciprocating culture where you're going to get shouted at for the jokes well, so I'm going to make this harder for you now. Should you shout at people who get abortions or who eat animals or who do things that according to, you know, or who, let's go even crazier, like uh, have satanic death cults, you know what I mean, that where they kill people in, in some uh, no government zone. Uh, 
what what rules would you have around that is that okay to shout out is that well, a live and so let that's, live scenario that's a little bit different right because that's loss of life that's not expressing so i, I think I, what i see is a lot of people it, getting mad about how people express themselves mm -hmm. which i do think you could probably have a different rule over how someone expresses themselves and the freedom that they get to express themselves versus the freedom they get to take a life okay so but take a life is kind of an arbitrary thing so i can i can take it back from take a life what if they don't take lives what if they um beat animals or be you know something like that and that's their way they express themselves they take squirrels and they throw them against trees they don't kill them yeah, yeah. Just, they just pelt well them you're trees. i mean the, the reason you would argue against that is because you're saying that they're causing suffering to other people and what you're saying so is words. words cause suffering this is this is the difficulty and i think i think this is the truth that the people haven't acknowledged about this question is yes it's, well i think you just wherever you draw the line you just draw a line somewhere yeah arbitrary yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so arbitrary you're like oh that squirrel's suffering it's like People suffer from words, period. I mean, that that is obvious. Now, the question is, how do you weigh that? And what words are too much and what words are not enough? It is not an obvious answer. Uh, because some words, if you just call someone stupid, which today it's okay to call people stupid, well, if that person goes and commits suicide. Yeah, <laughs> like, but the counter argument is if you don't let people express themselves, they suffer. Yes, yes. So, so I think you do have to draw an arbitrary line somewhere. And my, my, my guess would be you just do a utilitarian assessment of suffering. Mm -hmm. that would be my guess yeah yeah and so you go like okay how much pleasure do you get from murdering someone versus the displeasure that they and their family and everyone gets and it's like well you shouldn't murder mm -hmm. and it's like well how much displeasure do you create well actually utilitarianism has serious problems i know it does because if an entire does. society wants to kill somebody uh well that's what we do sure and but it but it it uh utilitarianism necessarily destroys minorities is, is what it does because mm -hmm. it goes uh, we don't think that gay people, it really, it's really upsetting to me that there's gay people out there. So if we just stoned them, that would be utilitarian. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, a yeah. lot more of us than there are of them. And you wind up with shit that you go, I don't know about that. Like, yeah. that doesn't seem like a good way to do it. So things. how do you draw the line? I don't, I think what you have to first do is acknowledge that it's not principled. Is that like, look, this, this garbage about free speech, it never existed. You can't yell fire in a theater and going, oh, well, it exists except for slander and, and hate speech or it is slander and calumny or whatever, is just to say, no, there's segments of speech which we have said are illegal. You cannot do because it causes too much undue suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just kind of a weird recognition that like there's a lot of people in the world. They don't all have the same wants, needs, and interests. And at some point, they're going to bump up against each other in ways that we can't really perfectly mediate mm -hmm. and it's then power takes over and you just go <laughs> who's, who's got the bigger the bigger army the more guns etc um but to acknowledge that and 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 what i think that does is it stops people from taking such ridiculous moral high grounds for uh, wherever they've chosen to draw their line you know yeah yeah um Weirdly enough, that relativistic belief would say like somebody else could like kind of knock down the door, punch my face in and, <laughs> you know, but I draw the line, you know, my line is that don't punch me in the face, you know, and I won't punch you in the face unless. Well, what I'm saying <laughs> is wherever you draw your line, you should stick to within yourself. I agree. I agree. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying You're advocating is, for internal consistency. Yeah. What I'm saying yeah. is if you're going to punch someone in the face at random, you cannot get upset when someone punches you in the face. You want to punch Nazis because you disapprove of their worldview. Yeah. You need to be prepared for someone to punch you because they disapprove of your worldview. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's 
you should you ought to uh, remain consistent yeah, with that. That's what I'm saying. And what I see is a lot of inconsistency where people are trying to censor oh, someone you can, else. Yeah, you can only punch Nazis. But yeah, yeah, you well, can't what, punch what they're saying is exactly you, you have to censor yourself because it's upsetting to yeah. me. But I won't change any of my behavior that's upsetting to you. And yeah. what I'm saying is don't do that. I guess I'm saying have your own wherever your line is, just apply it to yourself. Yeah. Which is the hardest thing to do in all these scenarios and, and this is a great place to come to is Okay, so you've decided this is your principle. I stand for free speech, I this, that, and the other thing. Well, let's take Brian Rose. Well, rather than focusing on what other people aren't doing for you, how can you promote free speech in the areas where you're the boss, you're the authority? Mm -hmm. Could you not censor comments, not delete things? Are you prepared, you know what I mean? You've Everybody's got plenty of laxness in the application of their own principles inside of their own life. Yeah. And if everybody just focuses on that, then we'll be more prepared to like tell other people, okay, you're being inconsistent. Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Like if you're going to be in a satanic murder cult, you have to accept that people can murder you. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. At any moment for any reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm advocating. I see a lot of people trying to get the world to do what they want. Mm -hmm. But then when somebody asks them to do exactly the same thing, which is like, hey, don't express yourself in a way that I they, find upsetting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that is unreasonable. Yes. So that's and what you just asked for three minutes ago. Sure. And what they try to do is they try to pretend by getting very granular how it's different. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's different because... And I'm sure we'll get comments yeah, about yeah. how it is. But yeah. I would just say before you make that comment, breathe ask, and yeah. ask yourself, is it possible that you're asking of other people something you're unwilling to apply to yourself? Yeah. Cool stuff. Let me see if I have anything else on here. Did you have any other topics? No, man, I haven't had <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Cool. Let's let's uh let's hop in. Oh, there was one other thing that I didn't mention yesterday because it's not that big of a deal, but I think I I'm seeing <clears throat> happening right now, and it's this weird jump from a scarcity economy world to a post scarcity, and we're trying to handle it. So there was a uh, a co-working place that i attended once or twice and it sent it out called? i don't want to say because because I'm, I'm this isn't meant okay. to be mean okay uh where they sent out an email that was saying hey we've been shut down and you know the new world where they're asking for donations it's a it's a business that is asking for donations okay like how can you help give donations and it's strange because it's like look is that dissimilar from our patreon uh no we're saying pay for what you get and and you can you can offer it and maybe correct me if i'm wrong here but like no, the patreon asking. you're purchasing something with the patreon you are getting more podcasts you're getting, Justin's you're getting justin here there is actually it's a it's a pay what you want and we'll deliver what you pay exchange essentially got it at 900 dollars a month you get three podcasts yes. at 600 you get yes. two podcasts and you get to decide you whatever get to, you you, you the collective receive. gets to decide and got what it. we haven't done is we could also institute there's two dollar five dollar things but essentially right now it's how many podcasts do you as a community want per month got it uh this was just a cold we need help now not in exchange for anything not in exchange now i think people deserve help absolutely you know what i mean like hey you you ran this business you can't afford food as a community we should come together and do that but does the business which no longer has a place in this covid world or even this post-covid world we'll see deserve donations i'm i don't think so <laughs> you yeah. know like unfortunately and, and i think the people who are employees founders etc should be uh we want to like help move them elsewhere but you don't as a business want to ask for donations to stay alive in that way mm -hmm. 
Unless, and of course, it's an exchange. Unless you're going, hey guys, if you want us to be here in two months and, and you're planning on coming back, this is how it's going to happen. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. This is exactly what we do with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was just interesting to me to see that um, that mentality out there. I don't know. It's, it's And it seems to be this weird bridge of like, we kind of have enough to give to other people, but we haven't really decided where the best places are to allocate the excess funds and, and resources that we have. And I don't think the answer is in businesses that can't survive. I think it's in people mm. or businesses that you want to pay for is the other thing. You know, somebody's giving you an exchange, go for it. And Yeah, well, the other thing that I think people sometimes get confused about with companies and bankruptcies is they <laughs> think if you let something go bankrupt, it disappears. Yeah. So like if an airline, like we all want flights mm-hmm. after Corona, when we can fly, when, when we want to visit our families or go on vacation, we want flights. And so you see an airline going bankrupt and the government says, we're going to bail out American airlines so that they don't go bankrupt. And you go, oh, that makes sense. I want flights. So sure, take my taxpayer dollars and bail them out. But if American Airlines goes bankrupt, they don't just light all their plans on fire. Mm-hmm. They put everything up for sale because they have a duty to try to pay their creditors mm-hmm. as much as possible. And so some other airline will buy their planes and take over their flight routes. Probably an airline that used less debt when things were good and managed themselves more responsibly such that they aren't going bankrupt right now. And that's a good thing for the world because now a better owner. Yes, you want this. You want to reward the person who didn't over leverage themselves with debt and can survive this crisis because they've managed anticipating that they might have problems down the line. It's like, yes, give that person the airlines and the <laughs> yeah. flight patterns and let them profit because yeah. they will use that profit responsibly for the next crisis mm-hmm. and what happens instead is i think people some people get confused and they go well, we need airplanes we need whatever it is we need banks so yeah obviously they have to get bailed out by taking money from everybody mm-hmm. and it's like no you're just you're just rewarding the ceos yeah, and board yeah. of directors that led them the building will be there the planes will be yeah. there yeah. and so similarly with this with this co-working space it's like if you want a co-working space donate to them that building will exist mm-hmm. another another co-working space could take over if co-working space had demand and if it doesn't that means that not enough people wanted a co-working space mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah so i don't know i think people overblow what a bankruptcy is because they think it's the death of the service that they want but it's not it's just someone else will offer the service mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i guess what i'm saying is that just generally speaking um businesses uh are best when they're exchanging you know what i mean like when they're delivering value when they're delivering an exchange yeah. and it's like you give me this money i'll give you this value and people are totally deserving of charity in certain cases mm. and i and i think that's 100 percent we're, we're going to do our charity campaign later but segue thanks to our patreon <laughs> the reason that we're here today is we are we're ten dollars shy but it counts we are at uh, 590 right now so thank you to everyone who's donated thank you to everyone who listens because technically the ad revenue like pushes us over that's 600 yeah not by much you're not by the way you're not just giving money to charlie and i you are in fact funding a podcast so we will record two podcasts a month now because of all of you guys yeah and it and it 100 uh goes to justin it's he he is editing now for the second day in a row because we lost the footage comes here records makes sure the camera work the audio work he cuts it up and then does the thumbnails brings it it out to all you viewers and listeners so So. if you want more podcasts uh per month right now we're on a two i think the next number would be 900 yeah if we get to 900 a month we'll do three podcasts a month yeah if we get to 1200 a month we'll do four 
And then probably we're going to catch at that point. We may stop the Patreon because I don't want to do more than four months. No, we'll keep it going and we'll do, uh, we'll find, we'll find ways rewards, to invest. Yeah. Individual calls or exactly. something. Exactly. But thank you guys. This is the, you're the reason that we're here today. Cool. Speaking of, I think we have questions from, from some of you patrons. Yep. Um, yep. So the patron questions always get priority. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> Justin picks the questions. <laughs> patrons pay the Justin. Incentive is, uh... Incentives are aligned here. <laughs> okay. So the first one is long story short early adulthood i felt like i had it all popular happy with my job happy with my self-image popular with women etc then one day things just stopped working and it stayed that way for three years i gained 60 pounds hated my new job detracting people i struck out on all of my first dates um, and i was lucky if i even got one date a month Um, i always believed i was strong but i felt so broken the past year i broke out of my depression organically and i embraced the discomfort and change and went head on I dropped the 60 pounds, I was happy with my job, getting popular with women again, and people wanted to be around me. But changing my energy and vibration so quickly is forcing me to change my life. I started not connecting with the friends I had made during my depression, and I had to voluntarily leave my depressed life and the people behind. I've been prioritizing my time and energy into my new life, but I still care for the people in my old one. They were what I needed at the time, and we were all what we needed at the time. And it's quite hard to explain. It's like our wavelengths have completely changed. And I put effort into rekindling it, but it wasn't the same. Cool. Go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, first thing is congratulations on pulling yourself out of depression. Not an easy thing to do, losing the weight and all of that. So I think that's really cool. I think worth worth congratulating you for in case you're not congratulating yourself for it. Um, In terms of relationships, I think that it's totally reasonable to grow apart from people. And I don't think that actually reflects poorly on you or them necessarily. I think that people could be great for a certain period of your life. And then as you grow and change and they grow and change too, you guys are no longer great for each other. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that, I don't think that invalidates what you had. And I also don't think you have a responsibility to maintain that relationship just to honor what you did have. So like I had a best friend from literally six months old till 13 or 14, was the, my absolute favorite person in the world. We haven't talked in over a decade. And that doesn't mean that I didn't love them then. And it doesn't mean that I don't wish them well now. It just means that I'm in California running my business, doing my thing. And Charlie and I make a lot more sense to hang out together at this point than me and that guy who's a lawyer in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, that doesn't mean anything beyond the fact that you know today we aren't a good match for each other yeah the one we've we answered these questions before so i find myself repeating myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the most important thing i could say I've, I've absolutely grown apart from people at various times in my life i think there's two things to keep in mind one is that the quality of relationship similar to what you said isn't determined by its duration i think you i think people have long relationships sometimes long marriages that are fraught with problems and quite frankly would have been improved by ending mm-hmm. years earlier uh, the quality of a relationship is is the love and the care that you have while you guys are in in that kind of a relationship. And the second thing is that uh, one of the best ways to to filter out who is appropriate and who isn't going forward is to extend an invitation to the type of activities that you feel are more on the wavelength of you now. So if you're exercising more, you're taking more walks, and you're playing fewer video games, whatever it is, uh, that 
that invitation might be open to all of these people. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, the type of person that's going to do that is going to enjoy the walk, have a good time, and, and be a good conversation partner. The type of person who feels obligated and maybe shows up and complains the whole time, they won't come a second or, or third or fourth mm-hmm. time. And you and I found this uh, when we moved to Brazil. We invited everyone, including who at the time and still is one of our very, very closest friends, but he was like the third yeah, best yeah, it was like friend. Me, you, and him were, were a package. Yeah. And then he didn't want to move he didn't to want Brazil. To he didn't want to start a business. And that's okay. We're still close. Yeah. Just lived different lives. Yeah. And who did want to come was random acquaintances random acquaintances and who are now super close yeah uh so that that's what i would allow to happen is is move in the direction of the activities that speak to you invite people to those activities and it'll help you to to continue to move forward take who is appropriate and and stay close and let the other people go at their own path and do their own thing yeah and i guess one other thing is i would say that don't take don't assume that a no to an activity means i hate you Mm-hmm. So when some when they invite you to whatever your activities were in that depressed period of your life and they no longer appeal to you because you think they'll bring you back to a bad mental place, you saying no does not mean no, I hate you. It means no, I don't want to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And if you invite them to go rock climbing or whatever it might be and they say no, I don't want to do that, that's not them saying no, I hate you now that you've changed. They're just saying no, I don't want to rock climb. Yeah. And that's okay. And just just do the activities that make you feel mentally healthy and happy with people who want to do the same things as you Mm -hmm. that's going to make you that's going to keep you on this virtuous cycle you've been on yeah and so what happens and if you do this and you maintain this flexibility and openness to like okay this is my rock climbing buddy but we can get dinner once a week like people will float to the appropriate place in your life as long as you remain open and the invitation is extended a handful of times so now we have you know friends that we used to be super close with that didn't want to live in california but come out and visit us every now and then yeah and we have friends that we are live in california who don't want to do the same things we want to do but like to come over hang out on the roof every now and then so like Find your roof buddy, your surf buddy, your video game buddy, your lifting buddy, your this, that, and the other thing. And people people will hit the right spot as long as you're keeping the invitation yeah. open. That's a great point. Like, the, the, friendships aren't all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I literally, I was in the car today. I called my closest friend from college who I yeah. speak to once every four months now. But that's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. that we went from seeing each other every day to talking he's three your, times he's a He's your car call yeah, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean we hate each other. Yeah. It doesn't mean we should change or do things we don't want to do to try to force us to be what we used to be mm-hmm. yeah cool what's up what's next next one is from flavio what's up, flavio he says i know you guys were impacted by tim ferris and oh, his yeah. teachings so here are some questions let's that get he this does. better than we did yesterday because <laughs> oh. i was so confused yeah so here are some questions that he does to his interviewees and i'm curious about you um number one is what purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months mm. my 99 dollar mm. surfboard it's a wave storm from costco and it's the best I have, a, I have a couple I was thinking about. So one is too expensive, but it's the most positive impact. Is the Hypervolt? It was, yeah. it was like three hundred bucks. And it, just to explain, the Hypervolt is a massage, it's a massage gun. gun. Charlie was basically completely My back was destroyed. immobile. Yeah, and and that helped. And the other ones are lame, but it's it's. I like this guitar pedal that I got. I think it was under a hundred bucks. It's, it's a distortion pedal, and I it makes me play way more guitar just because it sounds a way that I really really like. Yeah. And this probably isn't good for me, but I got Total War. <laughs> and I mentioned that one. <laughs> that kept me up a handful of nights. That's taken a lot of hours. Don't know if my life is better for good it. For, but <laughs> good for you. Bad for the business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two is if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? You can go. You have you okay. the only one that has an answer. Sure. Yeah. So I would say smile more. I think that 
it's tough to give a life lesson that people actually internalize on a billboard but i have a shirt that says smile more and when people see it they do smile so if i put smile more on a billboard then at least for a couple seconds those millions or billions of people would probably smile and be happier i'd write subscribe to the ben and charlie podcast <laughs> <laughs> for your benefit guys not for us okay number three is just uh, can't even take that seriously in the last five years what have you become better at saying no to yeah for me it's it's activities it's kind of like what we were talking about with the last question activities with friends where i don't want to do the activity but i worry that saying no will hurt the friendship mm -hmm. i've gotten much more comfortable at just recognizing that that's not what i'm saying no to i'm just saying no to the activity so that's been awesome because i no longer force myself to do things that i don't enjoy mm -hmm. yeah mine is the same thing but just with internal motivation i think so five years ago I had way more like, oh, I've got to go out. You know, it's Friday, Saturday night. Like, you've got to do it, got to do it. And I, it was crazy because I, I think my understanding of freedom has evolved since then. And Naval Ravikant talks about initially what he wanted, and I think a lot of people want, is the freedom to do anything they want. I want yeah, the yeah. freedom to. But what you eventually realize is that what you really want is the freedom from. You want the freedom from your own internal neuroses that are telling you, I gotta, I have to be able to do anything I want at all times and I need to, and I have to go to this, you know, party and I have to make sure that I'm here. So yeah, the thing that I've said no to is, is uh, needing to surround myself with people quite as much. So I've been way more introverted these last five years. Yeah. You all said a big one. It's, it's maybe it's not quite this, but you were, your ego was so tied to the YouTube channel mm. for a long time. And you've really removed that, like almost to the point where you care so much less than I would imagine possible. Where I'll be making a video, I'm like, hey, can you look at this script? You're like, no, just let it rip. I trust you. See how it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's big, because at one point you were you were like, this, this channel's health is my happiness or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, it was my baby yeah. for a period of time. And you know what? The people say that, but that's not healthy. Like, it's not my baby. It's a YouTube channel. Sure. <laughs> and, no, I'm and saying I'm proud I see of, it in you. Yeah, yeah. I see that huge change in you. Yeah, so I'm, pr I'm proud of uh, some of the things that I've done, but it's funny, the, what is my sense? It's, it, uh, this is so cheesy, but Dave Eggers wrote a book years ago that I relate with. He talks about, uh, it's, it's, what is it? Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius. And in it, he talks about writing about his life and his memoir, and people ask him if it feels vulnerable to do that. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm like a snake. That's my old skin. Hmm. Like I've, I've slithered away and moved on. And I'm increasingly feeling that way about charisma in general. And hmm. I feel like where I'm much more interested in is emotional mastery, which I, to the detriment of the business have been, <laughs> have been uh, focused on. Yeah. Where, um, I'm on day 16 now. It's nice. almost done. If you guys want to sign up, it'll be probably completely redone in two months. Um, so you can wait till, till that's happened. But it's coming. That's where But if you're going. in there, it's going to be, yeah, it's, if you buy it now, you'll get the update. It's completely included. Um, but that's what I've been really working on. That's what I'm interested in yeah, yeah. now. So my, yes, Charisma on Command in a way is that I don't hate it, but it is old well, skin or i would say yeah what you're saying you you're saying no to like the need to be famous or tying your validation oh to i do not want that you yeah. yeah which was your number one goal in life at one point was to be famous i'm not proud to say that i really wanted that instagram blue check yeah. i really thought that that it's funny to say i thought that that was important yeah. <laughs> like that i get the blue check and i remember getting it and like there was one girl that I once spoke to or like, you know, we, we 
saw each other for a little bit when I lived in Vancouver. It was like, oh, wow, you got a blue check. And that was the extent of like, <laughs> of like what happened and the recognition and praise that yeah. I had been anticipating for having made it. It was so dumb. And then, you know, what's funny is we, uh, we had that New York Times guy write a random article about yeah. us which i was like this is silly I've, I've i've hit a readership bigger than this one column and all of a sudden all of the older people in my life are like whoa <laughs> <laughs> just different dumb vanity metrics that everybody has yeah yeah no but that's been a big thing yeah that's been a big change okay number do you four like, oh, do you like is that change frustrate you no frustrate me yeah that you don't want to be famous no that i care less about the channel performance that i'm not as if 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 it's me i care so much more you know you did your time man like if we look at, <laughs> if we look at the value of charisma on command like i think we were neck and neck i even think i was pulling over over my weight in the first year i was spending all the money on yeah. stuff i was doing a lot of the coaching but then dude i mean the all the money we made in 2019 was because of you and so um, yeah, because I tell people what when I, on updates, I'm like, oh, I'm making the videos now. What's Charlie doing? I don't know. Whatever he wants. And yeah. Like, does that bother you? I'm like, not really. So I got I some time. Like, I, got I some feel like he's earned it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't expect us to always be a mirror of each other or to be. Yeah, sometimes someone will do more for the business than other times. You yeah. know what I mean? So no, I don't mind. I don't want to slow down the rapid fire question, but we didn't mention this with the caller daddy stuff. Um, if you work with someone. Do you have any advice? Because these two girls were really close friends and uh, are both suffering because they couldn't come to an agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, no, and I guess we didn't talk. We didn't talk about because we breezed over it today. How much it yeah. sucks if they were close friends that they um, that they ruined a friendship. Over the hedonic treadmill. And we also the did, point you made we, yesterday. Yeah, we, yeah. I, I actually want to talk about this real quick. So, if you had found these women the day they launched their podcast and said, I have great news for you. In two years, you are going to make a million dollars each and your full-time job will be once a week talking about sex with each other. They would have been so happy, so happy. And then you fast forward to two years later and that is the offer on the table. And they, one of them at least hates it so much that she, she potentially ruins a friendship over it, which is just so crazy to think about in terms of how we all move our targets in our head. And I talked to my friend today who's an entrepreneur and he's like, dude, how do you stop it? Because I already feel myself. I, I said, he was like, if I made a dollar, I'd be so happy. Made a dollar and immediately was like, okay, now I have to go full time on this. Yeah. He's like, I know as soon as I go full time on this, I'll want to triple it. And that that is such a hard impulse to fight. I think is so natural, but so bad for mm -hmm. people's mental health. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's why that's a huge piece of emotional mastery. And I, I don't want to say that I have the answer to it, but what I am working on in my own life is like, can I, and I guess I've gotten better at it, can I figure it out in my own life, how to care less about that, and then figure out what worked for me yeah. and, and teach that to people? Because I, I think that without realizing it, it's crazy. It destroys people's lives. Yeah. I mean, I think of New York City and, and some of the people that you worked with who, who wanted when they started 100,000 and then 200,000 and then a million. But next year they stand to make 2 million or 3 million. And it's, it's so funny. If you, if you had spoken to them at any point in their young 20s about what it would take for them to retire, they've all hit it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've all hit that, but they continue to go back for the stress for more. And to me, that is the definition of addictive behavior. And it's more common than drug addiction not as destructive on a per person basis, certainly, yeah. but uh, perhaps because it's more common, the cause of more suffering is yeah. as crazy as it is. 
No, totally. And then to get back to your question, because I kind of sidetracked yeah. this, in terms of picking a business partner or picking someone to work with on a project, I think having similar values is the most important thing. Because I think a lot of people will just say, oh, I'm going to start this with a friend. And I go, oh, we're really close, so this will go well. But maybe one of you cares more about helping people and one of you cares more about making money. Mm -hmm. That is going to lead to huge differences of what direction the business should go in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like we both, I think, value probably integrity, number one, freedom, number two, right? And so mm -hmm. when you say to me, I don't want to make these videos anymore right now, it's making my life worse. I'm going to stop even if it means the business makes a lot less money. I go, I understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Imagine if my value was making money and I thought that freedom or, or lifestyle was, was stupid. Yeah. I'd be losing my mind right now. We'd be fighting all the time. And I think that's actually the thing that's helped us the most, like our partnership. It's just that we have similar priorities. How do you know? Because we didn't sit down and go, okay, no, right we got up. lucky. Yeah, yeah, we got super lucky. Yeah. So we don't have good advice to give here. Yeah, that's well, fair. I think you could try. I think you could ask. I think you can. In hindsight, I could have identified who was money focused. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was important at the time to not work with someone who was money focused. Mm -hmm. But if someone had paused me, like if I'd listened to a podcast that said, hey, what's your number of priority? Is it, if you told me at 23, what do you care more about? Making a million dollars or waking up on the beach when no, you No, we want, had the same answers. No we alarm. Same I was answers. like, oh, dude, yeah. coconut on the beach at noon, don't start work till three. That's my priority. And I'll take a 10, I'll, I'll make 90% less yeah. for that freedom. So I knew that. So what I, what I needed to learn was that means you can only work with someone who has the same answer. Mm -hmm. So that's where we got lucky is we happen to have the same values. But I do think in hindsight, I can help other people by just saying, yeah, what would you pick? Uh -huh. A million dollars, freedom of time. You're willing to grind it out and be broke if it means you help the most people. Yeah. And then just find someone who's got that same answer as you and that's gonna help a lot. Cool. All right, now for the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused what do you do you don't have an answer i i'm i'm delusional man i black out all my overwhelm i don't, I don't feel overwhelmed got it when i look backwards i'm sure if you could catch me in a moment i would be but so i would previously would have agreed with you i've said i've started to recognize symptoms of overwhelm that i never would have identified so i've always tapped my foot and then people be like oh you're anxious i'm like i don't feel anxious mm -hmm. I will uh, reopen apps. I will scroll mindlessly through YouTube. And so I've started to recognize if I pause those click were behaviors of social media, tapping my foot, just basically doing shit and mm -hmm. sit still and I wait, I will get a very uncomfortable feeling. This is why most people don't meditate because these feelings start to like, eh. yeah, yeah. And so I would say what I used to do when I felt overwhelmed was stuff achieve yeah you know what i mean like walk exercise like it, you you fill it in this my day was driven by this feeling of oh, i can't handle whatever's going on inside increasingly now i still do that stuff but i take some time and lay in my bed close my eyes and i go what are you trying to tell me what am i not getting and i uh i try to let my subconscious and then expresses like i'll see images or hear sounds or a thing and it is very distinct from thinking which is it's the same me talking to me. This voice surprises me with the shit that it says. Like, mm -hmm. I can't predict it, what it's going to say. And I know it's true because it feels like it'll hit me with a weight that normal linear thought doesn't have. So, yeah, that's what I do. 
Um, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? What new belief, behavior, or habit? So uh, five years ago, 2015, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> first leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, it would be, and I'm not totally there, that a romantic partner is not necessary for a complete, fulfilled, and happy life. Now, that does not mean that I don't sometimes feel that, but without having recognized it back then, I expected the Disney movie, I expected to be completed by a romantic partner. And my behavior and your behavior at the time was, you know, running around trying to meet a bunch of new people, new girls. And you would have looked like, oh no, we don't care at all about that. But yeah. that was the, the force behind that was this Disney World desire to like, so are Wild Oats and then like, yeah, 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 <laughs> like totally. pick pick the one and and be made complete. And it was evident in how devastated I was by my breakup. Uh, since then, I've learned that you can have that. There's nothing wrong with having someone you care deeply about who you're romantically involved with, but it is it is not a critical piece. Mm -hmm. um, and it changes uh, so much of my behavior. Yeah. And I would say the belief that I have changed the most <laughs> in the last five years is the same one, but I've changed it less. <laughs> so if we were both 100 out of 100 on the I want a Disney relationship, someone to complete me and make me happy every day, and now you're at like a 20 out of 100, I'm at a 50 out of 100. Got it. Yeah. But, but it has definitely, go yeah, I was very, I, I'm, yeah, it's, I still think romantic relationships are awesome, but I was definitely banking on someone else just making my life perfect for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas now I think that person can be additive, but only to the extent that I'm already making my life great for myself. Yep. Cool. Is there any more? Yep. Two more. Two more. <laughs> what are the bad recommendations you hear the most? Go ahead. Just be yourself. Yeah. That's, I think it's really bad advice. And I think it's because uh, most people, when they say that, what they mean is don't change because I like who you currently are. Mm -hmm. And so they'll tell you not to work out when you want to get in shape, not to push yourself socially when you want to be more charismatic. Whatever it is, they are trying to hold you back from change that you want to do, or they're trying to console you from results that you don't like that you're getting because they like you where you are and want you to stay stagnant for their sake. Yeah. So I think that's generally bad advice. There's a lot, and I could answer this question a hundred ways. This is a bit of a cop-out, but any advice that isn't preceded by the question, what is your goal? Mm. And, I, and I do this too. Somebody will really not be asking, they'll be talking about YouTube, and they're like, oh, my video didn't do well. I'll be like, well, here's what you gotta do. You gotta do this, that, and the other thing. Never questioning, what is your goal on YouTube? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, is your it's, goal just to make what you like yeah, and you don't care about viewers? Don't do any of this. Ignore everything I said. Yeah. It's thumbnail, who cares about the thumbnail? Yeah. Like that's not what the creative aspect is for you. So any piece of advice and people, I, myself, everyone does this all the time, they just assume that other people want the same things they want yeah. and they give advice that they are currently doing. That'd actually be an amazing doing. habit. If you could build it to say, before I give advice, I will always ask, what is your goal? Yeah. If you could do that, you'd be, you'd give such good advice and be so well liked too, mm -hmm. because you would be pointing people in the direction they want to go. Yeah. That's a, that would be a really, really good habit for yeah. anyone. Yeah, for sure. Last one is, do you have any unusual habits or absurd things you love? I got, I got a handful. Yeah. You want to out me like you did yesterday? <laughs> so I... I, Ben's a LARPer. Yeah. <laughs> so everything I like now looks cool, but that's only because I have no outlets for my actual nerdy things. But yeah, I like I like Dungeons and Dragons. I like LARPing. I like Magic the Gathering, the card game. I like all that nerdy stuff. Yeah. 
uh, we tell the story. Ben Ben used to sneak away when we were uh, 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And go to LARP events at a nearby college. Yep. Me and my, so my, my friend's older brother would come pick us up. Me and him would go, we were 13 or 14 years old, go hang out with a bunch of 18 to 23 year olds and pretend to be vampires. Yep. And there's like no dice, there's no board. You, you would like rent out a big room and then walk around pretending to be a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would like you would say well, I'd never really understood it. So you would then go up to someone and be like, "I cast." No, you're in character. So you're in character, uh, uh, and you you talk as the person. You know, what I mean, you're not Ben. You're not like, "Oh, I'm going to do this." Like, you're like I am Thorobron. Yeah, from- exactly. <laughs> you want to stand on a table? You go stand on a table. And then if you want to attack someone, you would come up and you'd be like, "I just took a swing at you," and then you would act it out in the rules or whatever but can the person be like i dodged and then killed you yeah yeah and then you, you do you have an equivalent of rolling a dice okay. basically to like compete against each other yeah but yeah you wouldn't you would just walk up to the person and be like to the extent that you wanted to hug them or whisper in their yeah. ear you would just walk up to someone and just like whisper in their ear or hug them you were mm. acting it out Got and it. then only for things you couldn't do like fly or punch yeah, the yeah, person yeah. would you then do like this rolling dice equivalent <laughs> I ask you on a date. <laughs> Dude, I had such a crush. It's hilarious to look back on. I was literally 13. I was about five foot nothing. Yeah. And I had a crush on this 20-something-year-old woman who was taller than me. Not even like, I don't even know. I think she just had the biggest boobs I'd ever seen, honestly, because she's an adult. And I was in junior high. And uh, we went out to like Denny's or something afterwards at 3 a.m. We were convinced that it was going to happen. Not that it was going to happen, but it could. It was like me, my friend, his brother, this girl, and one other person. I was like, all right, how do I make this happen? And didn't occur to me how ridiculous our age gap was. I come up to you. I say. I seduce you. I seduce you. (laughs) Um, For me, I, I mean, recently I watched the GSLs. The, the global starcraft leave okay cool i yeah. didn't know what that was global starcraft that's uh that, that game's like 15 years old and so that's pretty nerdy i like jrpgs japanese role-playing games and does apex legends count as nerdy because if it is then that's no it's definitely that's so ma- it's like a billion dollar mainstream okay. company yeah uh but no one of the things i want to do as a side project we'll see if i if i can make it happen and if you're if you can do this and you can find me and get in touch with me i'll tell andy to keep her eyes open I've been looking for a developer, I'm not in any rush, to remake Suikoden, basically. If you know what that means, you know. If you don't, don't sweat it. (laughs) Uh, It's an older game that I liked when I was a kid. It was on the PlayStation. And I'm looking for a video game person to help make a thing that's got, like, Game of Thrones intrigue story. You have your own castle. There's tons of... Anyway, it's super nerdy. You get the point. If you know a video game developer, contact Charlie. I want a partner. I'm gonna. F- I want to fund this. I'm not in a massive rush, but uh, this is gonna be a project for later. Cool. Um, the next question is from Cole, and he says, "I had a question. I was hoping you guys could answer in the next podcast. Is there any way to give up something for your partner and not become resentful to her later in the future? In my case, she doesn't want to have kids, but I do. It's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. I can you give up something for your partner and not resent them? I think yes. Can you give up wanting to have children and not resent your partner? Only if when you say, I want to have children, you mean I am mildly interested in having children. But to the extent that it's actually really important to you, I don't think you can. Because I think that down the line, like right now things are really good, you're where you're at, but down the line, you're going to see other people with kids and be jealous. You're going to have a fight with your partner and 
it's going to become very apparent to you that this is what you gave up your dream of having kids for. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're going to get older and you're going to think about what it would be like. Like, I, I think that one's so big that you're better off as much as you love your partner, finding someone who you love just as much, who's different and who wants kids. Cause that, that one seems tough to overcome. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we even the first part, can you give up something? And we've talked how big, how small, et cetera. But if it's at all important to you, it, it might seem easy in the courtship phase when you really want someone to like you to give that thing up because you're like, oh, it's small and I get it. Well, once you've got the affection and that feels like that's on lock, you're going to feel the mounting pressure to do that thing or get that thing that you gave up. And I think the resentment really comes down to I resent myself for signing up for a situation that isn't what i want you mm -hmm. know what i mean like it, i was so thirsty for your love and so hungry for this affection and companionship that i sacrificed this thing not realizing that one your love can't fill me up nobody else's love is going to fill you up but i want that and there's the potentially alternative and there's always are alternative people who would have liked what I wanted. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, my bias, which I'll say, because so, I think you can't get rid of your bias, but at least you can make it known. I don't believe in the one. So I think that even if this person is amazing in so many ways, were you to break up, you would eventually find someone that you felt was just as amazing who also wanted children. So that would be the advice I would give if having children is important to you. Mm -hmm. Cool. Anything else? That was it. Bang, Boom. bang. That's it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to thank you for 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, so thanks those for of watching. you who listen. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to donate to the Patreon, we'll throw that link. Either way, we appreciate you. Take care. Have a good day. See you. Two, two weeks. Two weeks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.